Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And somehow, Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ever. He loved me ever. He loved me ever. I could not get past his love. I could not get away from the cord of his love. I could not break the thought that I am loved by God and I am loved enough that he would come and hang on a cross of Calvary. I'm loved enough, Brother Mike, that he would come to a prison cell and save a wretch like me. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Listen to this. I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing that old redemption story. Oh God, take us back. Take us back to where we can preach about the old redemption story. Let us get past all the lights, the drama, and all those things. And let us come back to the fact that we are sinners, loved by a Savior. I was lost, but I was found. I was blind, but now I see. Because why? Because Jesus came to this earth, suffered and died to redeem me from my sins and break the power of sin from over my life. I am washed by the blood. I am redeemed by the blood. Nothing that man could do could ever help me. The Baptist church couldn't help me. The Pentecostal church couldn't redeem me. My daddy couldn't redeem me. My mama couldn't help me. A prison reform couldn't get me what I needed. Welfare couldn't supply it. The government couldn't fix it. But Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus, because I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I had lost all hope. But God. But God who is rich in mercy. For his great love with which he loved me. Yeah, this is just as weird to me as it is to you. And some sweet day, 
I'll sing up there the song of victory. I might walk through hell down here. I might be ridiculed. I might be laughed at. I mean, I might be called a loser, a nobody. You can do all those things. You can talk about me. You can discredit me. You can put me down. You can remind me of my past. You can remind me of my yesterday. But some sweet day, I'm going home and I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to get to stand before the throne of grace. And I'm going to get to rejoice because I know that all my past was wiped away. And I'm going to get to live eternally with the one who gave his life for me on the cross of Calvary. Oh, you might say, Pastor, all that stuff is old-fashioned. We don't need that in 2022. But listen, I want to tell you something this morning. That Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood 2,000 years ago. And it will take the same blood that was shed back then as right now to get me off of this earth and get me to heaven. Lift up your hands. Worship Him. I dare you to begin to worship Him right now. I dare you right now to, to begin to say, Jesus, I worship you. There is no other God besides you. You are Jehovah. You are the Lamb of God. You are my Savior, my Healer, my Redeemer. You are my Lord. You are the God that restores me. Come on, I dare you, just to begin to worship Him. Hold up. Hold up. Stop right here. Stop, stop. I want to speak to somebody here this morning. And I want to ask you this question. Why do you believe that you are saved and born again? What causes you to believe that? Is it because you were christened when you were a baby? 
can I tell you this? That's not enough. Is it because you belong to a certain church? I want to tell you, it's not enough. Is it because that you have been told that you have been predestinated? And no matter what you do, you can't get out from under the love of God. Can I tell you something this morning? Predestination does not mean that God looked at you and you and you and you and said I'm going to save you and it doesn't matter what you do I'm going to save you and I'm going to redeem you and you're going to go to heaven predestination is dependent upon us being willing to allow God of what he has already said would happen and allowing, we allow Him to become our Savior. You might be here this morning, you might say, Pastor, I got saved when I was a baby or when I was a child. And I was told that I could never lose my salvation. Even though I've been an adulterer, even though I've been a whoremonger, even though God has been far from my mind, can I tell you something this morning? You better make sure. You better make sure, sir, that you've got Jesus in your life. Because I want to tell you something, this cheap, cheap salvation or I shouldn't even call it salvation. Cheap grace. Cheap relationships with Jesus is not enough. Your good is not good enough. It's only a relationship with Jesus Christ. I know I'm going to quit keep talking like this. And everybody's going to say, we need to find another church. But can I tell you something this morning? God called me to pastor you. So when God called me to pastor you, that means that it is my responsibility to bring you to the place of where you know the shepherd. 
It's my responsibility to make sure that those that I lead have a true relationship with Christ. And I take that very seriously. That's why when I ask you, are you sure that you're sure that you're sure that your life is right with Christ? I don't say it just to put another notch in my Bible. But I say it because it is my responsibility to make sure that you are ready for the coming of Jesus. So will you, will you stand with me, please? See, we talk about revival a lot. And there is a revival spirit that's in this church. But revival is I tell you what, get right over here. I want you to lay down right here. Lay on your back. See, when we talk about revival, what are you talking about? When you say, man, we had revival today, what are you talking about? You're dead. 
That's pastor's wife. I, I was just going to let you lay there, buddy. What, what are we talking about? Revival. You see, the reality is this. That yes, we do need revival. But do we recognize what has got to happen in order for revival to take place in our lives? You see, because when revival takes place in the body of Christ, it is a statement that there was death in the body. So you can't be revived if you're not in a dead state. So when God begins to move, Amber brought it up this morning, Ruach. She sent me that. She always, the, the prayer team that's in here on Sunday morning, her and Sister Janet, they always send me a text. This is what Holy Spirit is saying to us. This is the word that God gave us today. She sent me that text. One, there was a, a breaker, anointing. And the other one was, I just hear this word, ruach, over and over in my spirit. Which is, which is the breath of God. But what she didn't know is that at the moment that that text came across my phone, that I was sitting there on my computer with a box that I had just pulled up. that was giving me the definition of Holy Ghost. And it was Numa, which means a blast. A breath. A move of air.
I'm going to preach this message one day. This is the third time I've brought it. I'm going to preach it one day. You might bring a bag lunch or something, but I'm going to preach it. But in John chapter 14, Jesus said this. I think it's verse 18, if I'm not mistaken. Jesus said this, speaking to a bunch of disciples that were depressed and broken and hurting and scared and afraid and stressed and worried about the future because Jesus had just told them, I am about to go away and you cannot come with me. That is the reason in the last few verses of John chapter 13 that Peter said, Lord, I will go with you anywhere. Jesus said, Peter, you can't go with me where I'm going. Peter said, oh, but God, I'll, Lord, I'll go with you. I'll even die for you. Jesus said, Peter, you cannot go where I'm going. As a matter of fact, before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. And I'm sure that Peter's response was, it will never happen. But let me get back to where I was going because I'm not going to preach this message right now. But Jesus said this. I'm waiting on you to, to go ahead and go on out, brother. Jesus said this, I'm, in John chapter 14 and verse 1, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't get stressed out, don't get worried, don't get messed up by what's going on around you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Because in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going to prepare you a place that where I go and where I am, you can be there also. Jesus said that in response to Peter and the others saying, Lord, what are we going to do? You're leaving. And Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. But then on down, Jesus said this. I want you to catch this. The King James Version says that Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. The English, English Standard Version says this. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. 
Jesus, the one they could touch, the one they could hear, the one they could feel, the one they could see with their eyes, they could smell the, the smell of his body because they were so close to him. But Jesus said, I'm fixing to leave. I'm fixing to go out of here, but you can't go with me. He said, but I am not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Acts chapter 2, verse 2. I'm not going to preach this message. <laughs> Acts chapter 2 and verse 2. On the day of Pentecost, they were all gathered together in one accord. And all of a sudden, there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing pneuma. There came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting Revival is this. When, when dead folks when dead people Sister Deborah, can you stay with Sophia? Danielle, can you come here, please? Hurry, hurry, hurry. Close your eyes, you're dead. I want you to get over him with your face, and I want you to breathe upon him. hands begin to raise. Breathe on it. And the dead begin to set up. Breathe on it. And they begin to stand up. Jesus! Jesus! see, when revival happens, can't stay dead.
What we need is the breath of God to breathe on us. Because when the breath of God breathes upon you, you will never, ever be the same. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Breathe. Breathe on us. Let the pneuma, the ruach, breathe, blow on us to revive us. Can I tell you something this morning? That when the pneuma began to blow on the day of Pentecost, it is automatic that they were all filled. And that word filled means nets that were running over. It means complete. Y'all done got the buffet on your mind and, and, and you Father, Father, this morning, thank you that it is your breath, your ruach, that you breathed the breath of life into Adam and he became a living soul. It is your pneuma that you breathe the breath of life into the New Testament church and she became a living, breathing, working organism. God, we will not settle for anything less than the breath of heaven to breathe upon us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we bless you today. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. All I can say is this. If you don't know Jesus, don't leave here without knowing Him. If you need healing in your body, come now to receive that healing. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. 
Thank you. Thank you for breathing on us today.